0: Coming to you from the long running music review website, Adobe Teardrops.com. We
1: both got hooked on a sweet temptation.
0: Bringing you all of the amazing music that you're missing. I
1: found my peace in the story. My death will hold, no need for mourning.
0: From New York to Florida and all around the world, Rachel and Vaughn bring you the Adobe and Teardrops podcast. We both got hooked
1: on sweet temptation, it's, oh, it's not.
2: I feel like that is uh, violating some kind of law, but we'll
3: yeah, <laughs> well, there's that. like a recording thing on this That's top true. Re- left.
2: Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, you're right. Cause in the conference, free conference call, it tells, it tells you, but, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. So welcome to episode 100. I'm here with Jess St. Louis. Did I pronounce your last name correctly? St. Yep. Louis? Yeah.
3: Jess St. Louis, just like okay. the city.
2: Awesome. So I actually don't know Jess super well yet, but she was clearly the right person to be on episode 100. Um, I read one of Jess's articles about Karen and the Sorrows, and she's a beautiful writer. And then we've been kind of chit-chatting about like queer country songs ever since. Um, I think what spurred this is that uh, I was sent a song called like, That Flannel Shirt, and it was by a woman, or you know, the, the cis woman's name. And I was like, yes, like another queer country (laughs) artist. I love discovering them. And then it was just about like this guy whose girlfriend is like wearing the flannel shirt that she gave the singer, Mm -hmm. whatever. The whole thing I was like, this really should have been about like lesbians. Right? Yeah.
3: There's so many. There's so many songs that are not uh, lesbian, queer country songs that really should be queer country songs because... You know there, um yeah i just see um i think there's so many ways i think it like internalized homophobia can come up right
2: yeah In, sorry like- my girlfriend's like <laughs> straight teasing <laughs> she just got out of the shower oh i forgot her mom wasn't this. i'm gonna cut that out <laughs> Sorry. See
3: if I ever do anything for you. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's yeah. funny. It's life. You know? Yeah. It's um, life.
2: Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So internalized phobia and in country songs.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think, like, there's a lot of, like, I mean, I just think there are these songs that are, like, that would, should be queer country songs, right? Um, or, or at least I think there's songs that as queers, we translate into being queer um making meaning for ourselves um and i think it's one of those um pieces i think about living in this world where i think we're not um we're not trusted or believed um where we're like this is queer y'all like this is really 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 freaking gay and people are like no it's not it's just straight it's about this man and about this boyfriend and i'm just like like i mean it may Literally be about that. And like, I think there are these deeper meanings that are more than just the truth of the song, right? And the truth of the facts of the song. But I think there's like these meanings that really come out around um, that, like, resonate with us queers and resonate with a lot of people. But I think really read and map onto queer lives in a way um, that I think it's really um, important to uplift. Um, and I think in one of the cases, you know, I'm doing a little foreshadowing here. But I think <laughs> yes. in one of the cases, you know, there's that, that vibe. And um, turns out we weren't wrong. You yeah. weren't wrong.
2: Uh, the gaydar, my gaydar apparently transcends space and time. So <laughs> It does. Because <laughs> that video is like from 1997. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so we'll get into that. But um, would you like to introduce yourself, Jess, or talk a little bit about the work you do?
3: Yeah, so I'm Jess, i St. Louis. I live in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, I grew up in the South. Um, I came into loving country through, I think I was one of those folks who was like, I don't listen to country. I don't like, it's just full of misogyny and it's just full of like dudes being gross. Um, and luckily I had older Southern women sit who were both straight and queer. Hitting my little gay ass down and being like honey like women in country are some of the most consistently feminist like songwriters um and I, I started listening to it more and more and I think also inspired by an ex-girlfriend who was also really into country I just fell in love with it because um, I remember on drives to visit family um Dixie Chicks um would be in the car playing um and i remember country was kind of like in this like low hum in the background Mm -hmm. um and i think in some ways like my mom who grew up in the south was um i think what didn't talk about how she liked country either um but would listen to it and i think that there's um I think there's a lot about class, there's a lot about southerness. Um, but I think as a queer woman, um, songs about heartbreak and longing and like unrequited love and grief um, are so familiar as a queer woman living in the South. Oh yeah, uh, I'm sure,
2: uh, you know, someone who's smarter and not as Northern as me could write like a whole thing about like the intersection of like, you know, shame around being Southern, if that's a word that I can use, and, uh, like, feelings about being queer, and how that, those can, like, tie in together.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think that there's something, so, yeah, so I fell in love with country, and I've been kind of, um, obsessed with queer country for a long time, um, for the last couple years, really, um, I'm a writer, um, so I, um, I have a, online zine that I'm working with my friend Grover Wayman Brown um, called A Life We Braid, um, which is a kind of online conversation about um, butch femme in a trans-affirming way.
2: Oh, sorry, hold on. Sorry. Did you plug it in? I did. Okay. okay. There was a little Star Trek in the background there.
3: Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, I love the title of the zine. Is it from a poem? Is it something you created?
3: Um, So, A Life We Braid actually is um, a line from a Minnie Bruce Pratt essay. Um, And Minnie Bruce Pratt uh, is an incredible writer, teacher, poet, um, and, like, came up in the South, grew up in um, Alabama, and spent a lot of time in uh, North Carolina. Um, And after she came out, um, she lost custody of her children. And then got deeper into feminist, anti-racist, and left organizing. Um, and so when she's talking about a life we braid, she's mentioning like I, I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, but she's like, I want womanhood to be a life that we braid that is stronger than steel that like tears down the borders um, that guard our, that prevent our liberation.
2: Ooh, amazing! And,
3: um, and she was writing in kind of the context of being in camp trans. Um, with her partner um, Leslie Feinberg.
2: Ah, uh, okay,
3: yeah. Uh, um, and talking about um, yeah, how womanhood is so much more expansive um, than just cis normative understandings of womanhood. Um, and I think what was really cool, here Karen from Karen and the Sorrows. Um, we were we were doing an interview, and she was like. I think country music grapples with gender, mm-hmm. grapples both with the joy and power of gender and the extreme violence that mm. also upholds it. Um, and I think country is a really amazing space to get to explore that. Um, so I think there's a space between like the life we braid, like, but from like lineage, and then also, and which I think is based in a certain tradition, right? Um, and playing with tradition and expanding on tradition. And I think the same ways that queer and queer country expand like, like honor tradition and built built on top of it and reclaimed it for our people. Um, and so I think that's just really important.
2: Oh, thanks so much. I need to go back and like read all of the articles <laughs> <Yeah>. on Minds <laughs> We Braid now. That's so amazing. Thank you. Um, yeah. shall we expand on tradition and get into some of these songs?
4: Yeah, let's
5: do it.
2: <laughs> all right. Um, so I'll introduce my song and then we'll pause for a couple of seconds so that I have space to like edit the songs back in mm-hmm. later. Um, and then you can introduce yourself when we sort of switch off. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So my first song, I kind of did this chronological-ish order. Um, so mine is Patsy Cline's Lovesick Blues. I, maybe it's just because I got into her when I was in high school and sort of like dealing with everything (laughs) but um (laughs) to me there's something like very queer about her songs or like how she sings them and i'm sure part of it is that all pretty much all these songs were written by men and then she Mm. chose the songs to sing so and i think this was normal across genres in uh, the early half of the 20th century where it was understood that you could sing a song written by someone else and not change the pronouns because singing standards was sort of more conventional so Mm -hmm. i feel like I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I know she's definitely written or sung songs that where she didn't change the pronouns in them, which could be maybe a, that's a not so subtle clue or maybe it was, I don't know. I've just like heard like women in particular singing songs where they don't, where the pronouns are still feminine. Um, there's nothing particular about Love Sick Blues. I think it's just a fun song. And then uh, it turns out Brandy Carlile covered it at one of her Ryman concerts this week. So I feel like that's all the confirmation I need to pick this one.
3: So. Yes, do it
2: <laughs> Here's uh, Patsy Cline's Love Sick Blues
6: Got a feeling cause I'm blue Oh the Lord, since my daddy said goodbye
0: You decide to do, Jolie
3: first um, song that I was thinking of immediately was Jolene by Dolly Parton <laughs> um she so clearly has a crush on this woman <laughs> um and I and uh, it's so it's such a sweet song and heartbreaking um but I kind of felt like there was this confirmation um, when so she had her Netflix show that came on recently, right? And the episode about Jolene wasn't, sadly, turned out straight again. But, like, there's this whole subtext running through this where, like, the character who was feeling jealous of Jolene clearly had a crush on her. <laughs> and then I think just kind of, like, got stuck up and in- internalized homophobia and displaced her desire, like, for- to have this woman be trying to take her man. <laughs> and I think she just really wanted Jolene to choose her. Was it? And,
2: was it in um the Die Parton podcast where they talked about how maybe they should just be a thruple? Or am I making yes. that up? Okay.
3: Yeah, I mean they <laughs> should be a thruple. I mean I think it makes sense. Um, and I also think if like even if they were a thruple, um I think uh the main singer, um I think once like if it's a thruple, I think it's mostly like can we have the dude on the side like, almost like you know the professor marston and the wonder Woman, um which like dude was like relevant to like the wonder woman side of the story of it but the crux of the romance that was all the women and i feel like there's um something similar going on in jolene um, yeah,
2: I mean, that's definitely my frustration with the storyline and the L word. <laughs> I don't know if you've <laughs> been watching it. Uh, without giving t- too many spoilers, there's two, a couple of characters who decide to engage in a threat like, but the reason this isn't working is because you're all dating each other at the same time. And that's typically not how it works. And there's a reason for
4: that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you can't right. all three be <laughs> passive aggressive to each other
3: it's <laughs> so oh, a recipe for Lord disaster drama. yeah
2: like are already like
3: yeah. like can be messy one-on-one
2: right so and just
3: yeah.
2: have like uh three different permutations of that in the mix and like no the whole right. point is that like there's like one person in the triad who's okay whatever y'all i'm sure there are other people who yep. make it work but i feel like it, that takes a lot more emotional awareness than most people have and definitely characters on the l word
3: oh yeah and the characters of the elber just are just kind of emotionally unintelligent generally and like in my experience but i think people can do it people do do it but uh, yeah it's um a lot of processing which takes a lot of time and uh a lot of healing make that happen and i'm not you know and um i think in the case of jolene in some ways right or the out like I think there's a lot of people like like internalized homophobia, and I think ways that scarcity, right, among women play out mm. um, around like desire and love and romance is scarce. And um, what if there was what would have had an orientation around abundance to it? Mm. Um, and I think that takes a lot of healing and a sense of security to be able to really lean into that with confidence.
2: Did I see that you had uh, mentioned somatics? in something you had written recently mm-hmm. or in some work you were doing um yeah. so i keep seeing the word and i can't quite figure out what it is but i know that this idea of operating from like a, a lens of abundance and is like central to that
3: mm-hmm. yeah or am definitely. i wrong yeah it's definitely i think it's like operating from like a deep like inherent version of worthiness mm-hmm. and dignity, um and our right to be in our full selves and our full um space and Yeah, I think so somatics is really about a methodology that really looks as the body, mind, and spirit as whole. um, Mm. And that we're shaped um, not just by kind of intimate family dynamics, but by larger systems, systems of oppression that Mm. uh, shape our sense of possibility, our range of emotion, et cetera, that trauma and oppression are linked. Um, And so so it's a methodology that really draws um, on... A variety of lineages that understands that the body has years of evolutionary wisdom mm-hmm. to bring to the table um and that we can practice um really becoming the self we, we most long to be um and i think and uh when I, and i think it's really critical to my own healing um and in sense of yeah sense. I think I noticed, like even in my own life, the ways that internalized homophobia and fear of scarcity that what if we don't fall in love and like, Mm -hmm. are we worthy of love and and transphobia on top of all of that, right? Gets built on. Um, It's been really amazing to feel um, more lately of that um, this trans queer dyke body is so, um, inherently worthy of love, of dignity, of safety. And even if that's not necessarily reflected in the external conditions of the world, um, I think I've really built this ability and sense of, um, yeah, like, I, I don't feel that love and romance are scarce. mm mm-hmm. Um, I think I feel like they're shaped by conditions, but I feel like there's dating dates working out or not working out is not a referendum on my dignity. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and I think about and so is also going back to Jolene, right? There is that like, oh, if you take my man, that like I'll never get, I'll never come back. to Anything, I'm just going to be a wreck forever. Um, and I think what if it was like. Yeah, if you take my man, like, like that would suck. But like, I will survive. I will thrive, and I will find new people to fall in love with.
2: Right. Like, um, there's there's still three hundred more people in this town. So.
3: Right. Exactly. So. You know, there's more people in this town. There's more people in the world. Um, and I think, um, not to be super cheesy, but I'm gonna be a little bit cheesy here. But it. like, you know, like, there's that. Like, I think I've been thinking a lot about the. Um, Star Wars line and um, the most recent movie. they like the way that they went is by making us feel like we're alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's one of the um, isolation is something I think as queers we really experience. Um, and I think, yeah, I think songs and music can help us really feel that, oh, we're not alone. And I think that's important.
2: Yeah, I loved that line, too. But I think I got so caught up up on being, like, frustrated with the movie that I totally forgot about it. So thanks for reminding me. Like, I don't know. There were were things about the movie that were enjoyable. It was just, like, you know, the worst of the three.
4: Yeah. That was frustrating.
2: (laughs) Um, But, yeah, thank you for helping me recover, like, a little little seed from there.
3: Um, Yeah, of course.
2: Yeah. And then I guess that's a good segue into the... My next song, because that's also about the sort of like scarcity dynamic a little bit, it's Mm -hmm. um, Lila McCann's I Just Want to Fall in Love. And um, when I was writing for Wide Open Country, a lot of how they drive traffic is that they, um, mm, with all due respect, they just like kind of post a lot of random old stuff. And it's like, hey, remember this? So a lot of those articles um, are like basically going to a Wikipedia page and sort of taking key phrases or words from there for the search engine optimization and then adding a little uh, special like sauce on top of it. So I watched this video. I did not grow up with country music. So there's just like a lot of like the 90s kind of one or two hit wonders that are just like that on my awareness in the same way that like people like the Dixie Chicks or Faith Hill would have been. Mm -hmm. And um, I was watching this music video for I Just Want to Fall in Love so I could write about it. And uh, I was like, Hmm. So I'm pretty sure Lila McCann was like young when she recorded this song in the video. So we're like, I'm talking like 16 or 17. Like, she wasn't quite 18 yet, but I was like, well, she's wearing like a leather jacket and a tank top <laughs> and like <laughs> out of like shimmying, but like badly <laughs> in like one <laughs> shot. And then in another shot, she is lying on a couch with like this sort of like white prom dress kind of thing, but also wearing black dark Doc Martens. And I was like, hmm, mm. like a vibe here. Uh, Mm that the song is really just like uh like there's nothing like specifically queer about it which is i guess the point of this episode but it's definitely like uh looking at other couples being happy and then kind of wishing you could have that feeling too Mm
5: -hmm. and
2: uh the music video when she's not like awkwardly dancing (laughs) is um like various couples sitting on a bench and like being adorable together and it was like 1996 or something, so there's no like same-sex couples, but like it's still very Mm -hmm. sweet to see like older couples and like little kids and all that stuff. So it is a very cute video. But then I was like Googling it so I could shout to my girlfriend last night, he'd be like, do you get a vibe? And then um, the autofill for Google said Lila McCann wife. And I was like, excuse me? (laughs) So clicked on it. Her wife is super fucking hot. Lila still Mm -hmm. looks great. Uh, I'm happy for both of them and she came out in June for Pride which is apparently when they got married and uh, somehow that didn't kind of like reach my radar I guess because in addition to this song she had one other song that were kind of like Billboard Top 50 and then I think like um, I guess she's still singing if she's in Nashville or doing something music related but um, I would imagine between being like so young and then like not taking off like a rocket ship and then also being queer she was like she's been ready to take a step back but uh congrats congrats on the wedding congrats on um coming out on your own terms and in your own time um, right and i would have said it sooner if i didn't know but uh yeah, since, I, am
3: yeah. So, I am so i am it was so great because um, i uh, saw your tweet about it and i was like <laughs> oh yes as a, a wife and I was like so excited to hear that. And then when I saw the note for this episode that we were working on together, I saw there was a Lila McCann song, and I was like, "Oh, I really like this song." And I was like, "Oh
7: yeah, Lila McCann, who has a wife." <laughs> and
3: um, and it's so nice, right? Because I think there's like that st- as queer. I know that when I was like younger as a queer woman, right? Like being like, I want to have what everyone else has. I've these cute relationships it was also confusing, you know, like, I came, so I'm a trans woman, um, and I, uh, it took me a long time to figure out what my sexuality and gender was, and I think once I landed my gender, my sexuality made sense, because I was crushing on women, um, and I was male assigned at birth, so I was like, I guess I'm straight, Um, and then I was like, actually, truly but all the women I'm crushing on are lesbians which is true <laughs> uh, like almost all women I'm crushing on are consistently lesbians and I was like huh politicized enough to be like am I just like you know doing that patriarchal thing of fetishizing queer women I don't really know um but also like straight sex sounded so terrible <laughs> yeah I was just like no no, right, and then like, even though I went to a relatively progressive school, like in Georgia, like, like there was no this like option in sex that of like, oh, you could possibly be a trans woman who's also a lesbian, um, and none of that really clicked until I got to college, and I put on these earrings that my mom gave me to give to a girl. Um, oh <laughs> and the story I tell is I became that girl I gave them to
4: yay um
3: but it was definitely this moment of like wait if I'm not a man and wait that means I'm not straight and I was like oh I'm just a lesbian this just makes total sense <laughs> and so I think it was just really um it was really confusing because I just remember being like 16 17 being like I want to have what other people have but I don't know how to get it um and I think uh uh yeah so I just I think it makes sense that that like like right, that sense of longing would pop up in that song and also like Doc Martens in like a prom dress I am sorry <laughs> that is right. super gay and leather jacket and like tank top oh I mean, yeah yeah you should hi, go back family. and watch the video hi You'd family like,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: welcome home welcome I think she's home. wearing
2: boots with the jeans, but they're like flared because again, it's like 1997 or something. Right, so you can't exactly. really, they're not docs though. And so she's right. wearing two different costumes.
3: <laughs> right, exactly. But still like- Oh yeah, I mean, and then
2: like the other thing about that video, sorry, is there's like this guy who's also sitting on the bench and he's kind of sad, but at the end of the video, they're not together. Like she's also still waiting for like someone to be in love with. <laughs>
3: Ooh, 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 that's some foreshadowing there, right?
2: Like, so maybe subconsciously or not, she was able to like exert a little bit of control over whether or not whatever was she knew at the time when they were Mm -hmm. filming that video, which like good for her because she was like a baby,
3: right? Right. Um, Oh, that makes me really happy because I think (laughs) yeah, often like you know, I always feel so sad when there's movies or TV shows when like like they end up just like putting a guy and a girl together just because right rather than just like that might not actually be the ending maybe the ending is they don't find anybody and that's actually okay yeah yeah you know
2: yeah like little women (laughs) right right
3: oh my gosh (laughs)
2: um yeah so we'll take a break to listen to i just want to fall in love and then also when we get back we'll listen to what jess has to say about the judd's mama he's crazy
3: So, I was talking with um, a fellow queer person um, who um, grew up in the South, grew up, I think some in North Carolina, spent a lot of time in Texas, Um, and we were talking about uh, uh, country songs, and I um, was talking about how I did a cover of, I rewrote some of the lyrics to George Strait's um, Check Yes or No um to make it you know a butch femme love song um and then there was this whole little thread with karen being like oh we should do a compilation of straight but not straight um (laughs) covers um yes it would be amazing and karen we should totally do it um we should make it happen um and uh we were talking so me and my friend danny were talking about it um and Danny like was like Jess do you know the Jeds and I was like yeah I know of them and she's like "Do you know mama he's crazy I was (laughs) like nope and was like hold on and puts on the song we were talking about doing like little query rights and one the song is incredible like and I just I love their voices and like it's just like beautiful like low voice that they have. So I'm just like, ah, sexy. Um, <laughs> but also the, um, from like, it really would just like, where it's like, like, but like there are men, but like ones like him are few and far between.
2: Mm-hmm. And like
3: that could be about family. You know, that could be about queer men. That could be about trans men. That could be about um, mm. which folks who use he and him pronouns. Um, and yeah, it, it just made me think about like um a fr- another friend of mine who um is straight but is also just like attracted to masculinity. And we were like talking and like semi-seriously, be like, "We need to find you a butch. <laughs> like, cause like men, yes, <laughs> men are I'm hot. I'm very methods, familiar with right? those women. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, cause like no, like we like." And I think the, kind of the song talks about like there are so many bad men, but this one kind of like this diamond in the rough. Um, and I'm like, what if it's a, like a masculine person that's the diamond in the rough that we're like longing for and searching for? Um, but maybe you know, it's not a man.
2: <laughs> yeah, I feel like. Um, do you know the podcast One from the Vaults? No, nope. it's um, it's like a trans history podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I by a person whose pronouns I'm not quite sure of. Um, and then this person's name is Morgan. So it's like suitably androgynous. And, mm-hmm. uh, but this person is a PhD student. I'm not sure what their PhD is in. And uh, so each episode is like a different figure who I'm guessing uh, is part of this person's research. And it's mm-hmm. really fascinating. But I feel like more often than not, like the stories are like, oh yeah, so like these two people got married and then it turned out. Because people, like, didn't necessarily uh, do those sorts of explorations before they got married. And, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like this has happened throughout history, like, more often than we realize. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. um, Yes. So I think it's totally plausible for, like, a song to be about that.
3: (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, and I think about, like, you know, the, um, like, uh, what's, oh, my gosh. Like, um, Tipping the Velvet. Mm-hmm. Right, you know about these kind of like, uh, dr- like we would call drag, but kind of like male impersonators, who would sing songs to woo, woo women and like dressed as men, and people were like, "Oh, man, yeah, man." <laughs> um, and I think it makes me think about yeah, this kind of the whole, um, uh, queer tradition of gender play, mm-hmm. um, and you know the the protagonist sees this um woman who's dressed as a man performing and is just like was like oh my gosh that man is so amazing and I'm so like awestruck by them but I hadn't didn't quite put together two and two to be like oh mm-hmm. I'm in love with this person and I also want to be them yeah um
2: like I want like them that. and I want to be them and like that I feel like that is a that's a country song that needs to happen, especially with, like, that wordplay. Because I feel like oh, that's, like, yeah. every queer teenager's <laughs> experience.
3: Yep, yep, yep. It's that, like, do I want to be you or do I want to date or have sex with you? And sometimes the answer is both.
2: <laughs> yeah, all of it. <laughs> Which is, like, Jolene, right? Like,
3: right, it is, right? I wish exactly. I looked Come like on. her.
2: <laughs> yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I was you, then everything would be great right exactly yeah yeah yeah, i'll work on that country song once once we're done recording i feel like there's something there i'll give you a credit for when i break like top 10 in nashville (laughs)
3: Oh, I mean, of course, obviously. Yeah, because like, they love
2: they love playing people who aren't men. On,
3: oh, <laughs> on the honestly, radio. they really love it. They love pr- playing people who are like who aren't men, yeah. who are like queer, are yeah. trans. Um, they love like really supporting folks who are pushing the boundaries of country, like Little Nas X. <laughs> I mean, like they're just so progressive, like in the radio scene out there.
2: I saw a tweet this morning that you probably saw too from. A- some radio station that was like guess what for a week we're gonna play 50 percent men 50 percent women and i'm like why don't you just why why don't you do that for 52 weeks right right <laughs> so, <that> should be <laughs> you're <baseline>. not
3: special <laughs> what would be special if the show yeah. was literally all women Yes, i would i would prefer that i would listen to that that would be uh yeah an exciting radio show
2: i even tweeted like the morning DJ for like New York's college radio station was like, Hey, I listened for a whole hour and only heard like three women. And he got so defensive and was like, okay, dude, like chill. (laughs) and play more women. Like, even if my count was wrong, I was like, you only played like three women in a whole hour. He was like, actually we played five. He was like, but that's still like 15 songs or something. (laughs) Like, I don't think you should be proud of that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, yeah, I still oh. listen to it when I wake up because it's the only like sort of bearable station,
4: right? And then right. it makes
2: me want to get up and turn the, right, the the alarm off. So,
4: right?
2: Yeah, I'm like ah, fucking David <laughs> like we're, uh, right. black keys again. <laughs>
4: <laughs> turn this off.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, so for my next song, I feel like this was also an experience I had as a teenager. It's Aaron Ray's putting on airs. Um, Mm -hmm. she also has a song about being queer so maybe this is like cheating a little bit but this song is not um Mm -hmm. or bad mind is about her sort of grappling with um growing up in the south with the experience of when her aunt i think came out her uh children she lost custody of her children and so i think that had a big impact on erin Ray. Mm -hmm. but this song is sort of about how like you she dated somebody who she never really liked in the first place Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the song is like really kind of jaunty and like that's sort of how I thought about my high school boyfriend I was like well I like spending time with you but like I'm sorry you thought like <laughs> I cared about you right. <laughs> I care about him as a person like I saw him a couple years ago and he's happy and I'm glad because I felt really bad for a while but that's it's sort of like that mix of like disdain and then like feeling bad about yourself and like also happy that you get to go and do your own thing now
4: right
3: um, right
2: So, I identified with that, like, very intensely. And so, that's why I put this on the list.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, that feels so true and so real. And that, like, that experience, um, yeah, I think it was, yeah, it was interesting. Because I think I, I don't think I ever had that specific experience of, like, kind of, like, being, like, dating a boyfriend Um, and then kind of like being like, I don't really like this, but I'm going to go now do my own thing. Um, mostly I think, yeah, just, I think part of what I was sharing earlier around being queer, like trans and queer Mm -hmm. and taking a long time to kind of like sort that out, um, and get clear on that. Um, but I do remember it being very, um, I remember both like, I think, complaining. I was like, I'm not dating much or whatever. And then there was this chance like me and the straight woman were um, hooking up. And I was like, actually, no, I don't want this. And she was like, I don't get it. I am so confused. (laughs) And I was like, I am confused too. I don't understand what's going on. Now I have the words for, you know, gender dysphoria and triggers. Mm -hmm. Back then, I was just a little like, who was just horrifyingly confused um, and trying to figure out the world um, but yeah I also like when you I was listening to it today um, before this and I just it, it's so joyful it's like this mm-hmm. jaunty little like song and it's also like like looking at the it's like it's almost like insane with like, like hey ya mm-hmm. which is like such a sad song but the, like, the <laughs> music is so poppy and I'm like, this feels similar. <laughs>
2: yeah. And I think like, yeah, that's what I like about it. Is it's really discordant. And like, you can feel all those things at the same time.
5: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And um, and they can all be valid and be like, okay.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, did um your uh, high school boyfriend know, like know that you were queer?
2: I think like we both kind of did. And by the end, I was sort of like, of high school, because we only dated like for the last couple months of high school. Um, I was, like, willing to admit to myself that, like, maybe I'm bi. uh, Because I, like, Mm. hadn't kissed anybody. So that was, like, probably, right? Because, like, I'm definitely into women, and I'm okay with being into women now. And that's fine. Took me, like, a lot, lot, like, all of high school to, like, be okay with that. I was like, Mm -hmm. but obviously I still like guys, right? (laughs) And then then we, like, did the things high schoolers do. I was like, oh, I don't like guys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know. (laughs) But, um he was one of like the first people to have like a serious xm in his car so like it was like a novelty that like a song could come on the radio and then you could like see the title right there and um we were driving around because he lived in the suburbs and i grew up in the city and um real big fishes she has a girlfriend now came on (laughs) the radio because they listened to ska Said so
3: great yep taste. yep i know yeah. I, I know of ska yes. i grew up listening to ska too so to
2: be fair he was like a computer science gamer guy and not a ska guy so i feel like that's the more like acceptable mm-hmm. of the venn diagram of people who listen to ska um <laughs> and uh <laughs> like he was into legos he wasn't yeah like he was fine um Eddie was like a track runner and all that. So, like, amazing body. But I was like, oh, that's like, I could expre- appreciate this on an aesthetic level, but I also don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> right, totally. Totally. Yeah, and I think it, and I feel bad because I think it really fucked him up. But anyway, but like, that's the point of the song, right? It's like, well, I know I did it, but also I like, gotta be me. Um,
3: right.
2: Yeah, so the, she has a girlfriend came on and we both kind of went at each other. We were both like, ah, ha, 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 ha. let's change the channel. <laughs> 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 yeah, so like, we definitely both knew but he was like, he was trying to be like supportive about it. He like, there's also this moment where um, I happened to look into my wallet in the first couple of days of college. And at some point he'd like slipped some condoms in there. And I was like, <laughs> Andy, what is this? He was like, oh, I kind of thought, you know, just in case you needed some while you were there. I was like, oh, no, oh. he thinks I don't like him. He doesn't realize I don't like boys. <laughs> I mean, that, my understanding of the time of
4: uh, right. exactly. who I would need
2: to use exactly. a condom with. Yeah. <laughs> but it was very sweet in his it way. And, uh, you know, he's doing really well now, like I said. So I'm happy for him.
3: Glad to hear I, it. I feel
2: bad that I sent him on a detour for, like, a lot of college. <laughs> <laughs> He, he found his way back to where he needed to be and he's his Yeah, so
3: that's good I'm yeah. glad he did and it sounds yeah. like you know you found your way back to where you wanted to be too
2: exactly mm. yeah so uh, this is Aaron Ray's putting on airs one two three four.
3: sometimes lovingly called Miranda Lesbert Um, (laughs) yeah uh,
2: I'm not super familiar with her music and I didn't get a chance to listen to this one yet but I read the lyrics and I was like oh mm -hmm." mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
3: oh yeah no no this song is like like I was just like I know a dude co-wrote this song like with her who I think she might have been dating for a little bit mm-hmm. um, of the time. Oh, okay. But um, but so yeah, I had a set of queers who like uh who lived in California, some chosen family who were we um, were sharing music and the pistolanis came on. And they're like, Jess, like this is so good. They were telling me more about the story about Miranda, Angelina, um, and Ashley. Um, Mm -hmm. who uh, make up the band. Um, And I was like, oh, Miranda Lambert. Cool. Like, I know of her. I know that name. And uh, so I started listening to her music. And then when I found Getaway Driver, I was like, hold the front door. (laughs) This song is so clearly about being in love with a straight girl. It is about like that story of like I am in love with the striker who like you know uses you like a hot fling and then like leaves you behind like a stolen car and then you you know you got the car running for whenever she wants you back. Mhm. And um, I I've had that experience of being that queer woman in love with this like a straight girl or a bi girl who had a lot of internalized homophobia. Um, And, you know, I was just like this. I have a hard time imagining seeing this story in almost any other way, um, aside from being a gay song about being in love with a straight woman. It just sounds a little bit too intimately um, close um, to, you know, not um have some allusions to, you know, uh that uh, deeply queer experience and deeply lesbian experience in Pacific. Um have have you ever been that person inside of relationships?
2: No, but I've had the experience of um like staying friends with people I dated briefly. Because like, well we all we have the same interests or whatever. So like why not? And then we'd like still talk a lot or whatever. And it was like on my end there was no like tension or like hoping that we get back together it's like I like this person if they don't like me in that way that's fine we can still be friends who cares that it might have also been like a scarcity mentality thing but then as soon as I started dating Mm -hmm. somebody else like radio silence would never date me uh excuse me text me back about anything it was like I I thought we were friends I thought it was okay Oh well. (laughs) (laughs) but then like a new wrinkle I found out (laughs) is that one of those people is currently like, dating somebody else I once dated. Which <laughs> 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 is, like, the gayest thing ever.
5: <laughs> yes. But it
2: makes me happy. It's like, okay, cool, I'm glad you both figured out whatever internalized things you clearly had when we were dating so that you can date each other.
3: Right, like, exactly. I like it both was... of
2: you, so good for both of you.
3: But right, I, exactly. We
2: can still go see, like, queer country concerts together. Like, there's no law against that. Right,
4: right. Like, it's totally not going to be that. weird
2: for me. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I guess it was weird for you, right. but you told me your boundary and I understood. I respected it. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, good for y'all. Um, yeah. I think also like in the early like 2010s, a lot of queer life in New York City took place in Brooklyn, and so there are only so many like um, queer people uptown, like in the Washington Heights area, and basically everyone mm-hmm. who is is like somehow like connected to Columbia University in terms Mm -hmm. of like being a grad student or professor or something so like I think it was also a sense of like a scarcity mentality of like who's who do I actually live nearby who I can date and I think that also like played into it even though like I don't mind being on the train for 45 minutes to see somebody
3: but other people
2: I guess uh, feel differently
3: yeah (laughs) Uh, well you know at least y'all have like good public transit up there i mean here in uh, most of the time we don't we don't got that i I mean i have driven 45 minutes for a date recently that doesn't seem that far
2: of a drive though no to me like in my mind right
3: no no 45 minutes is like it's like you know it we went to this like cute um there's kind of this small town that's like, it's kind of like in this weird space of like rural gentrification. My favorite kind. Yeah, it's really, it's complicated. It's like the like the general store next to the gas station is like, has all this like delicious, like organic, <laughs> like, you know, food. It's like you're going to like Whole Foods, but inside of a general store. That's like um, a, like a Schitt's, local Schitt's Creek.
2: Stuff. Do you watch um, Schitt's Creek? Yeah.
3: Yeah,
2: like a uh, David's store. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah 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 Was i think a few more potentially useful things than in david's store yeah
4: um
3: but um yeah the but yeah it has but it was really cool as a date spot it has so it has food and then there's um the haw river which is um runs next to it and yeah that's like 45 minutes away but i think it's something interesting about like I imagine for y'all like forty five minutes to stay in the same city, but just different neighborhoods mm-hmm. um where um here's like Greensboro to Saxaba. It's like oh like we're crossing like a couple different counties, mm-hmm. multiple different cities um and I wonder if there's something that feels more satisfying about like oh, 45 minutes in the car just means mm-hmm. that um. You know, like we're we're going to a whole new place
2: mm-hmm. uh, um yeah, I mean, I would say the people who like don't want to be on the train for forty five minutes are also people who did not grow up in New York City, and those yep. people tend to live in Brooklyn, so
3: right, right <laughs> at least right. in my
2: age group,
3: right, and like
2: <laughs> my girlfriend's from Brooklyn, so she had a little editorial comment there, I don't know. If <so>
3: yeah i when i was in new york i was like whoa you can get around without having to have a car right i know i'm
2: like wouldn't you rather be on the subway and listen to a podcast and not have to worry about driving or like you could read a whole book right that's how i get a lot of my reading done yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um actually there is a really weird subway segue to my next song if you're ready to move on (laughs) Uh, this is uh, Maddie and Tay's Friends Don't. So Maddie and Tay, uh, are, their first album was like really great and like super funny. They did girl in a country song, which kind of made fun of the whole like broke country trend. So like they know what they're doing. Um, and they released a lyric video for the song Friends Don't, which for some reason like takes place in New York City. So this part has nothing to do with being queer, but like one character who is like the femme person and the other character who I know is supposed to be a cis man, but we're just gonna, in my head canon, he's a trans man. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so she's like getting on the train in like uptown Manhattan, (laughs) (laughs) but it shows like the street side. It says like 168th street, but the trains are inaccurate and it makes me so mad. (laughs) Like there are a lot of like TV shows that do stuff like that. So I think there's some sort of copyright thing with the MTA because I don't really, for security, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know why you can't just say like the correct trains with the correct colors or whatever, but I think it's a copyright thing or they have to pay royalties or something.
3: Yeah, totally. It was just
2: driving me like nuts that the train station is wrong. And then the train that she gets on is very clear like a D train, which does not stop at 168th Street. Yeah. And then... (laughs) the guy is driving in from somewhere on a pickup truck and they meet downtown, per the lyrics of the song, and then he drives somewhere, which I guess he's like being a gentleman and like driving her back uptown, which is very nice, but then he's gotta sit in a lot of traffic. (laughs) I was like, what is the geography here? I know it's not supposed to be accurate, but I'm mad it's not.
3: Right, what if if they're so specifically placing it in New York, like 116th Street? Yeah. You know, do it right.
2: Right, yeah. It's not much to ask like the train was very accurate it was the train that you said it was just not the right, right route um, right. <laughs> but i feel like this only bothered me because i asked to write about it on wide open country <laughs> <laughs> and lori was like mm, no <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> um your music video makers please um you know make uh, geographically appropriate music videos for rachel i think yeah. that's important me specifically yeah. be specific
2: um and then the song in case you can't tell in the title is about friends who like friends don't uh like uh i forget the words exactly but like they don't like fumble with their keys before they have to say goodbye they don't like like cast longing looks at each other and stuff like that I was like yeah this is gay this is just gay
3: well <laughs> oh, this is just gay like yeah. one, it's totally gay and then, yeah. then the other thing that's like even if it's not gay i think what, what i find so sad about straight culture is that like There's this, like, really, like, limited world of, like, intimacy between, like, lovers Mm -hmm. and friends. Like, it's, like, deeply separate. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think as queers, there's, like, these kinds of deep, intimate relationships that are so loving and in some ways, like, are kind of romantic. Um, But we're not partners. We're not lovers. Um, And I think about um, how sad it is that, like, straight people are like, well, this is clearly means that we're not friends. Although I think it's sometimes I think as, you know, queer people, you know, we have in queer women specifically, you know, I think we have this dynamic where we're like, at least for, I can speak for myself, where we just assume everything's friendly, mm-hmm. even if you know, we're at a bar and looking at each other mm-hmm. in the eye without talking for 30 seconds and just smiling at each other. And we're just like, yeah, we're just friends. <laughs> um, and yeah. Why
2: would anyone be attracted to me?
3: <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, why would anybody be attracted to me? Well, yeah. like, is that, Like, that's clearly cool. You know, it's not what's happening.
2: Yeah. At the gay bar, even. like, no, yeah.
3: Jess, you're not crazy. Like, <laughs> like, like, friends do do that, but also friends don't do that.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And um, I think there's like it's interesting on two sides of the coin of like queer life, both like the deep intimacy and romance of queerness, and sometimes we're just really bad at picking up signs.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I'm sure is just, like, a whole thing about uh, a lot of people, like, in our generation growing up with poor self-esteem. And mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of... Like, I wonder in 15 years when, you know, the the Zoomers are, like, in their 30s, I wonder how many of them will be having, like, the experiences that we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Because I think increasingly people that age are giving at least permission to themselves to be open with themselves even if it's not safe for them for wherever they are in high school. You know, yeah, happen to totally. be growing up. Like we know there are more kids who are out on various stripes of the flag. And uh, it could be that a song like Friends Don't is really just about what the surface level of this song is about, as opposed to having any kind of subtext. So, like right. that could be a nice world to live in. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, so uh, here's Maddie and Tay's friends, don't.
1: They don't cancel other plans Have conversations with nothing but their eyes They don't hear each other's names And forget to concentrate Hits a nerve and lights you up like dynamite Friends don't call talk about the future and put each other in and get chills with every accidental touch friends don't
3: Swift's all too well Um, so I did not like Taylor Swift for many many years Um, for a lot of reasons like there's like kind of like dubious political stances Um, although I did appreciate she at least like came out on somewhat right side of history at least being like not aligning with the right Mm -hmm. did anger mm-hmm. whole side of her base, um, but so I was just like uh Taylor Swift, um, and then I was like slipping through Tiny Desk concerts, and um, there was a Taylor Swift one, and I was like, I'll check it out, <laughs> and it was good, mm-hmm. yeah, like it was kind of actually incredible. I was like oh my goodness like she's an incredible singer like and just the song is just super good and the one that i was drawn to was all too well Mm -hmm. um one because it's such a good angsty breakup song um and so one and but there's two there's this line that me and a fellow queer fan were just like Oh, my God. When she was like, there's the a line in the song. It's like, 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 um, like about plaid shirt days and nights when you made me your own. Now you mail back my things and I walk home oh, alone. And I'm like, oh, oh, ah, feelings. Um, and yeah, and she doesn't use any pronouns in the song.
2: Mm. Yeah, I feel like when uh you're a public figure and you've had so many rumors dog you for so many years, like there's there's truth to it at a certain point. <laughs> right. Like I don't I don't know why everyone's convinced that she's queer.
4: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um but if she is, good for her. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
2: And if she's not, good for her. I uh yeah,
3: totally. I thought the yeah.
2: that pride song was kind of tone deaf, but I think
3: Yeah, no, that pride song was weird. It was yeah. just- it was weird. Like, it's just, it's, I, I don't think that she's family. I think she's, mm-hmm. like, that awkward, straight ally who's mm-hmm. trying to do good, but also is, like, super sheltered and, yeah, like, has, like, an extraordinarily surface-level understanding of the issues. Or, um, like,
2: she doesn't want to be out, but she wanted to make the song, and so that's why it's so, like, weird and convoluted,
3: but, like... Yeah i don't know maybe it could be that you know <laughs> like, yeah I, I don't know apparently all too well like is about her relationship with jake gillenhall which i think is interesting with like the brookback mountain
2: they dated apparently he's a lot older than her know, right so <laughs> okay.
3: it's kind of weird i mean like i don't uh,
2: he's beautiful so i get it but also like
3: uh. i mean uh yeah it's complicated like yeah but like yeah, it's like complicated. Like the age dynamic, I thought about. It, I was like, I was like really Jake Gyllenhaal? Uh It's interesting <laughs> because that age dynamic does seem like a bit much. Um But I was just like, okay, like this is very emo and processy in the ways that I feel like. um You know, I tell long stories about my relationships and breakups too. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> it felt you know connected to my life so yeah have you heard this song before
2: no i just the day got away from me
3: yes. this morning and yesterday sorry oh, okay. but i
2: definitely am gonna listen before i put the podcast together yeah it's yeah.
3: super it's just super angsty it's delightful
2: yeah i mean technically i have heard it because i also listened to that tiny desk concert but
3: oh yeah <laughs>
2: if you played it for me i probably would recognize
3: totally like yeah. what did you have any reactions to that tiny desk concert for yourself?
2: Um, it helped me understand why so many people like connect to her music and she's clearly like a very charismatic performer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never really been into that pop into pop until I started dating uh, my girlfriend and like, we went to go see Collie Ray mm. like very much like a person a presumably straight person who has embraced like the fact that she has a lot of queer fans and like, oh yeah, but is not gross about it. Like, I think yeah, she's totally. modeling the right way to do that. And, right, um, exactly. Yeah, so, like, I now have more of an appreciation for pop music, even if it's not, like, the thing I'm going to choose to put on when I'm, like, quitting the house or something.
3: Mm-hmm, totally.
2: Um. Yeah, so I... I think Lucy so
3: Musgraves also has that, you know, mm-hmm. like, dynamic of, like, trying to do better by mm-hmm. her queer fans.
2: Yeah, and, like, for the most part, I think she, like, gets there and everyone's got their, uh, their areas of improvement.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah, Rainbow was kind of awkward.
2: Yeah, I didn't need that song. Like, Follow Your yeah. Arrow was good.
3: Um, yeah, right.
2: <laughs> I think I also, like, wasn't very aware of how popular she was because I live in New York City, and that all of a sudden she's playing shows at Madison Square Garden. I was like, oh, when did yeah. that happen? <laughs> That's cool. Good for yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. So we still need to watch the Christmas special, and it does have Dan Webby in it, speaking of Schitt's Creek. So. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to watch it
3: Um, awesome
2: yeah but no I definitely the tiny Death show give me more of an appreciation for a Taylor Swift even if I'm not Mm -hmm. going to like it's like hmm I feel like listening to Taylor Swift today
3: yeah totally like I was like I was like I get it and like you know like in this style of like not overproduced Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was like oh like I can see I just see a a little bit more craft
2: yeah, and like I definitely admire her as like a business person because she's really smart, sharp, and has like a lot of sharp people around her. Like I know there's the whole thing with the with a uh, big machine, but like other than that, she's like uh, she's pretty smart about a lot of stuff, and like mm-hmm. that's very cool.
5: Mm-hmm. True. Uh,
2: I know that was not very articulate, but like in particular, I'm thinking of when she signed a deal with Universal, and then like in included provisions to increase royalties for other artists who are not her in order to as a condition of having her music on um, streaming services
4: oh whoa
2: yeah so that was like a two years ago and then this whole thing happened with big machine which she wouldn't have had control over anyway because um, mm-hmm. that was all the stuff she did when she was younger yeah um, totally so yeah she's doing interesting things i think she's a person to keep an eye on if not for her music for like, the thing she does within the industry
3: Mm -hmm, totally Um, that makes sense
2: yeah Uh, if you care about that kind of stuff which again i probably would not have been paying attention to at all if i wasn't like writing for like music-based publications but it's interesting stuff to read about
3: totally yeah like uh, i imagine like the both like the politics and the economy right Mm -hmm. of music right
2: yes because of course they're very much linked yeah totally (laughs) um yeah so my second to last song is ashley mcbride's one night standards and um even before the whole Lila McCann thing, I texted to Jess. I'm just putting this song in because I got a vibe.
4: Yep. <laughs> yeah,
2: like uh, she, on her first major album, she has a song called Jeremy, which like if you listen to her, you're like, oh, that's a sweet love song. Cool. But then it turns out it's about her roommate because like the song's like, you're so great and you mean so much to me, even though like you leave your shit everywhere, <laughs> which is like very <laughs> real. And I felt that way about my roommate when I had one. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, um, and then when I found out it was about a roommate and not like a boyfriend, I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so maybe in like you know five to 20 years we'll <laughs> I'll be like randomly googling Ash McBride and be like oh my god so right we'll see but I think uh she's very self-aware and like just a cool person and also really does not care about like uh traditional gender presentation within Nashville mm-hmm. so um even within like uh the fe- spectrum of femininity and so I appreciate her and I'm happy to have this new song on. Uh, She released this one like a month ago called One Night Standards on the podcast.
3: Yeah, No, it's so good. Yeah. And like, I think it's, yeah. And it feels like there's like, like it feels in some ways like, like kind of queer to have a woman so in charge of her sexuality Mm -hmm. and just like so clear on her boundaries. Like this is what's going to happen. It's just going to be a one night thing and let's keep it pushing. But I think it's just really, Yeah. Sweet I
2: th- and uh... I think like it's also a good reminder of how different like my world is from like a lot of other people cause she was talking about how like she knows the song is gonna make people uncomfortable and it's like what why? She it's two mm-hmm. consenting adults who would be uncomfortable about it, but you know, I don't live like she hasn't played New York City yet. And... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lot, I imagine in the places she does to her which are like very tiny towns and like the southwest and southeast um mm-hmm. like really tiny uh i guess there are people who have a problem with that and like that's just so not like my frame of reference
3: yeah totally totally yeah like yeah like i could see that like how that could be like a like scandalous right um and i think there's something important about um yeah like you know like i think i so that um uh pistol annie's song who we're gonna talk about and like with them a little bit more in a little bit but um there's they have a song on their most recent record called milkman about how their mom like is judging them but like but like oh if my mom like had dated the milkman and like got like got out of this town or you know um you know, my, like, you know, like, if I was more like my mom, maybe my mom wouldn't judge me, but there's a lot, I think the other side of that line is, like, but I, I, like, I have a guess that, like, mama wants to be more like me. (laughs) Interesting. And I wonder if part of that, right, that, some of that, like, kind of, um, like, projection, right, um, or, like, shame, like, that thing may come, have folks feel uncomfortable about it, because I think part of what may be uncomfortable for folks about it, isn't just like, oh, that's different, but like, ooh, I want I want that or I wanted that, and mm-hmm. I didn't know how to get that.
4: Mm, yeah.
3: Right? Yeah. And so I'm going to judge them rather than like wrangle with like, oh, I wish I did that and mm. how, or how could I do that, right? <laughs> um, yeah.
2: Yes. Uh, no, it's definitely that person like in high school. So
4: <laughs>
5: yeah,
2: <get> it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is very much a prude. Uh, yeah. So this is, it. still am, uh, Ashley McBride's one night standards the single author forthcoming album
8: i ain't gonna stay for the weekend i ain't gonna jump off the deep end i ain't gonna ask where your ring is thing is we all got secrets
1: But I've been
8: known to play You won't likely find me Letting down my guard But I'll get drunk and every
3: us you know I there's so many pieces they're also a kinky like like delightfully sexy stoner group of folks um but I was like that line's like in the one the song like we don't tie you up to let you down (laughs) um like who knew like like you know you know girls like us make the world go round and round yeah um and I was just like, ooh, like, one, like, yes. Two, like, I feel like it's almost, like, I feel like this this is a perfect set of lyrics that, like, should have been for queer women.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: You know? Yeah. I think there's a lot of ways we're going to talk about tying tying to the rep, both, like, literally and also, you know, like, um like, I think about, like, all the hours of processing that we do that takes time, and
5: <laughs>
3: yeah. you know, and we don't, and it's worth it, right? It's worth it in the end. Um, and I also think it would be kind of like a, a like a fun song if there was, like, some, like, like, I imagine, like, Katie Lang or some other, like, butch women <laughs> like poking uh, fun at it. themselves, but also being like, you know you love us. Mm-hmm.
4: Like, and it's oh, yeah. true,
3: like, like those like queer women make my world go round and round you know you know they're talking about like oh like you know you won't you may you may not see me cry but i'm gonna uh, later i'm gonna like you know tie you up but i'm not gonna let you down and you know i'm gonna at the end of a day after i work hard i'm gonna like kick my feet up and have a whiskey and i'm just (laughs) like you know i i i know a number of people who are girls like that Mm -hmm. who um you know, our various stripes of family. (laughs) And so it's just like, this would be a deep sweet song. And I also think about Girls Like Us, like I think about the um, Janet Mock hashtag, Girls Like Us, to lift up Mm. stories of trans women and trans women of color. Um, So that was my, like, that's my first reference for the the phrase Girls Like Us. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, this song should have been a queer song, in my opinion.
2: I feel like there's like a whole separate podcast for like Songs with titles that you wish you could, like, just take the title and then write a song around that that's right. more explicitly queer than no matter what the song itself is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Which, speaking of which, uh, this next one, uh, I blushed while I was reading the lyrics for the Kenny Chesney song.
3: <laughs> yeah, Kenny Chesney's tip of my tongue.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh my yeah. God.
2: Yeah, that, yeah.
3: Um, it, <laughs> yeah wow i mean i think the kenny chesney song like uh tip of my tongue so um yeah i was listening to country radio and tip of my tongue came on and i was like oh my i was like wait is this song about going down on somebody i think this song is about going down on somebody right
2: um, and no one's gonna have a problem with him referring to his dick as the gospel but like let's let's uh be offended by ashley mcbride <laughs> We're taking right. out a motel room <laughs> yeah right
3: right yeah. and um and like it like there are people with skillful tongues <laughs> and um i don't think the people with most skillful tongues you know are men and you know, i sorry for all the straight women and the orgasm gap y'all are having comp- compared to us queers. I feel bad for you. Um, but you know, uh, I think I would just love to hear a queer woman be like, 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 I love your salt and sugar on the tip of my tongue. Like, oh my <laughs> lord, I'm blushing, I am blushing. <laughs> She actually is. <laughs> I totally I can am. see it
2: through the video.
3: <laughs> My face is rosy and red. Yeah, Hi. they're
2: adorable. <laughs> you know. Oh.
3: Yeah. Also, in, if if you ever want to have a song um to um, make other people blush, it's not going to be played here. At, um, but uh, Tori Amos's cover of "I'm on Fire" by Bruce oh, Springsteen. Yeah. Uh,
2: I'll I'll throw it in here. Why
3: not? I mean, yeah, yeah. but it is um wow it uh is i yeah i got very quiet when i first heard it (laughs) yeah i was just like "Mm." because you know like tori's already has this like sexy smoky voice Mm -hmm. and you know um she like yeah but yeah both of those songs make me blush (laughs) um and i imagine you know but the song might make other queer girls blush, too.
2: <laughs> yeah, so uh, I guess we'll make this a threefer. We'll listen to the Pistol Annie's Girl Like Us, and then Kenny Chesney's Tip of My Tongue, and then I'll tack on Tori Amos's I'm On Fire, because uh, Bruce Springsteen makes that song sexy, but I feel like every other cover I've heard of it somehow manages to, like, ante up on that one.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> Yeah. Um,
2: All right. So before we talk about our last song for the day, just a couple of like housekeeping notes. Uh, please follow Jess on Twitter and elsewhere. I'm going to put her information in the show notes. Uh, if you'd like to send me music, you can do that through the website, submit hub. There's both a paid and a free option. Um, use either option you want to. I listen to all the music that comes my way. Uh, if you would like to financially support the show, I've got patreon linked in the show notes or a one-time coffee situation but typically we i have extra songs for the patreon uh podcast but i felt like didn't really want to you know put a paywall behind any of this (laughs) um or you could like hang out with me uh like jess and i are doing right now while i record an episode um or you can get the episode a little bit early so feel free to check out your options on uh, all of those sites um jess is there any where else or anything else you'd like me to put in the show notes so people can find you uh
3: yeah um yeah i'll share my twitter um handle and then my medium um, link page for writing um and the link to uh, the life we braid zine as well and uh yeah if you are a uh, queer and interested in sharing stories about um butch fam politics history culture and lineage in a way that is affirming of trans people and trans lives as well um hit us up at a life we braid we would love to share more stories um you know in the ways that like we were talking earlier about uh um expanding on tradition um like we're doing with country and i think we also can do with um um butch femme as well um and thank you so much rachel i mean this conversation is just so much joy to my day and it's so much fun to do this episode with you and such an honor to do this for your 100th episode But well, yes so, well thanks
2: for coming on uh i had a lot of fun <laughs>
3: yeah me too
2: yeah. um yeah so let's get i don't think there could be a discussion of any songs that like should be about queer people without this song which is girl crush <laughs> 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 and like i'm I sort of went into a deep dive about like the song's history because uh, there's another podcast called This National Life, which is wonderful. If you're mm-hmm. ever curious about how the sausage machine works and um, there's a season where she talks to Lauren McKenna, one of the songwriters uh, extensively about how the song came to be. And basically, uh, one per- the song was written by three people. One per, they were all like kind of doing their like weekend songwriters retreat together thing and they're all kind of like drunk on rosé or whatever. And uh, one Mm -hmm. person, like, stayed up a little bit later and, like, wrote the whole thing, like, the chorus. Like, I've got a girl crush, hate to admit it, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, (laughs) the next morning, they're like, oh, cool, awesome. And then wrote verses, like, there's no way that, there's, like, no logic behind this idea that it's about, like, somebody, like, a Jolene situation. Right. Where you have a crush on your ex's girlfriend. It's not, (laughs) they just knew that, they wanted to write a song about this, but had to put a fig leaf on it for country radio. And I don't care what they all say in their interviews. Like that's not the story. It's I'm a truther. Not... <laughs> I'm a girl crush truther. <laughs> yeah.
3: I, yeah, I think girl crush tr- tr- like it, it is not, um it is not subtle. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Girl crush is not subtle. Like in the ways that there's like subtext, right. In like other songs, like, like, I think, with the, think about the Lila McCann song that we were talking about earlier, right? Like, mm-hmm. but Girl Crush is, like, not even, like, kind of, sort of, you know, subtle. It's just, right. I think what makes me sad about it, actually, is, like, what I hear in that song is a whole lot of longing mm-hmm. and desire for this woman. And what I also hear is, like, like shame and internalized homophobia mm-hmm. um that's preventing them from getting to actualize on this thing that they really want
4: mm-hmm.
3: and um yeah it totally makes sense that you know they put a fake leaf on this for country radio and you know like it kind of blew up and it got to be on country radio but i'm like this is um very like i just I and mean, that's the part that makes me a little bit sad about it um right. and also i am also obsessed with movies where people like heal from internalized homophobia,
4: mm-hmm.
3: yeah. um. So, like, think about that. Like, the movie I was mentioning earlier, like Professor Marston and the Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a little teensy bit of a spoiler, not completely, but like, there's a scene when the, where this person is asked to like, can you choose your longing for this woman over your shame mm-hmm. that is externally put on you, and. There's some un- beautiful scene that's like so satisfying to watch as a queer woman of this woman's kind of surrendering to her love and her longing for another woman um, and i I really hope that um in that songwriter's retreat you know that uh, those uh songwriters get to experience the joy and delight and wonderfulness that is getting to Love and be loved back by other women. Yeah, and get
2: to,
3: you know, act on that girl crush.
2: Yes, when I uh, am more settled in, from when I moved, uh, I've been on this mission where I'm going to go and rewrite the verses to "Girl Crush," so that it's like actually about a girl crush, right? <laughs> and that like this weird story, so that they could walk it back,
4: right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yeah. So that's it that I've got on my end. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about, Jess?
3: Um, nothing else right now. Um, and you know, it's, uh, also it's MLK day Mm -hmm. that we're talking and, um, yeah, I hope, uh, that, you know, we, uh, you know, get up to good trouble (laughs) and, um, yeah. And if folks haven't read Karen Pettelman's amazing essay on country, um, and organizing against white supremacy, both inside of country music and, using country music as a tool to organize against white supremacy. It's a really beautiful essay. Thank you for
2: that reminder. I'm going to put it in the show notes.
3: um, So yeah, um, I think that's important for the rest of us country white folks um, who love and listen to country to make sure that um, we're doing right for our own liberation and the lives of people we love and care about to do our part to end white supremacy and use our love for country music as part of that
2: well thanks Jess thanks for coming on uh times two but i appreciate that you are more articulate about all this than I am
3: oh <laughs> I mean I feel like you're like not like you you're not, not unarticulate I think <laughs> you have a lot of really beautiful stories to share that are important and thank yeah. you so much for um organizing this and inviting me to participate today it's been so much fun
2: <laughs> well thanks again have a wonderful rest of the day yeah, and you uh, yeah um you're always welcome to come back. I'm sure we could think of twelve more songs if we put our minds. Yeah, definitely. To it. Yeah, let's do it.
7: I love the dimples in the small of your back, the way they're speaking to me just like that. Red wine made my imagination run Oh, I can taste it on the tip of my tongue Let it round, let it roll Baby, I am under your control Love me fast, kiss me slow Hang on to anything you can hold it's a long way down To where I wanna go It's a long way down To the center of your soul It's a long way The way you do When I love you from the morning till the setting the tip of my